current series. I'm your host, Joy Mala. With us in the studio today is Gloria Machetti and Faith. I'm your co-host, Gloria Machetti. And Faith Gatwiri is a student of political science at the Catholic University of Eastern Africa, a mother of one, a businesswoman. She is passionate about women and youth empowerment as well as social justice and empowering the needy and vulnerable in our society through knowledge, education, and resources being made available to them. She represents young moms everywhere who fight against the odds to pursue success in academics, career, and business, as well as motherhood. She would love young moms and dads everywhere to be embraced and supported instead of shunned and looked down upon. She enjoys cooking, being among loved ones, and doing charity work. Karibu sana, Faith. Thank you for having me, Gloria. It's nice to have you in studio. Yes, yeah, so Faith, tell us about your business. What business do you do? When did you start it? How did you get to acquiring the capital for it? Yeah, take us through that. Okay, thank you, Joy. Um, I am in the motorcycle business as well as agriculture. I started my business in the year 2019, last year, where I decided to purchase a motorcycle because I felt like it would enable me to balance academics and business because... I'm not the person who will be riding the motorcycle. You usually give a rider your motorcycle, you agree upon a fee, then he carries on with his work. So it enabled me to study at the same time, do business and gain some monetary money. And the agriculture bit? The agriculture bit I began two months ago. We, it's an avocado business where we get sacks of avocado all over the sea. Then we come and supply to markets and to groceries and even at home on retail, okay. on order. That's amazing for a person. Thank I you. think, would you, would you tell us how you run it? Because we, we understand that you're also in school. You're in it, yeah? I'm in fourth year at the Catholic University of Eastern Africa. Um, I usually run my motorcycle business somehow as a manager, whereby I don't have to be physically there in order for the work to be done. The avocado business, I, it's, when you order a sack, for example, it takes only a few days to offload all the sacks that you have. So within a span of two to three days, I'm usually done and can therefore carry out with my schoolwork two mm -hmm. to three days a week. So um, what drove you to get into business and how were you able to acquire the capital to set it up and keep it going? Okay, um, what drove me to business is being a young mom. Mm. Uh, I wanted to be an independent person and I wanted to support my child on my own because I was in school and so it was expected of me as a young mom to be helped by my family members and relatives. So I felt like there's something I can do to avoid that. So I decided to look for ideas on business. I began by selling handbags, but at the moment it's on standby because of uh, I don't have a stall. So I decided to do my hand, handbag business, which enabled me to raise capital for the motorcycle. And also I was empowered by, by my sister who gave me some capital 
And after that, yeah, that's how I managed to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. That's, that's super, super inspiring. Yes. Would you like to expound on maybe what are the highlights you've experienced in business and maybe the low points? Because this could serve as an insight to young people and also just to help them be cautious in areas that you feel you can offer advice. And, and just to put this discussion into perspective, how old are you? I'm 22 years old. Wow. <laughs> Joy, do you have a business? What, what are you waiting for? At your big age. At your big age. It's never too late to start. Okay, proceed. Yeah. Um, the highlights of the Boda Boda business is daily profit, whereby you are somewhere and you wait for your money in the evening, you get to do something with the money. Mm-hmm. So the daily profits are the highlights of my Boda Boda business. And also there are endless opportunities in the motorcycle business, such as opportunities to do deliveries, opportunities to carry passengers to and fro. So it makes some sort of a positive impact in our society. Mm. Is it like an Uber? Is it is it part of the Uber Bolt, Bolt networks? Or, or is it independent? It's independent. It's independent, but initially it began as a PSV for carrying passengers. But currently I had a deal with a restaurant owner, so I do deliveries for him. Nice. Yeah. So it's how many motorcycles are we talking about? Just two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the challenges. I think you should remove the just. That's a lot to manage. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Um, the low points of the motorcycle business is trust. Mm. Finding a trustworthy rider, mm. a rider who will take care of your motorcycle is the, the low point. There have been many occasions whereby my motorcycle is mistreated sometimes. Sometimes there is no payment with uh, numerous excuses. So you have to establish a very serious relationship with your employee, whereby they have to take you seriously, especially as a young woman. Because when they see you're a young woman, a 22-year-old, maybe his girlfriend's age, they think they can take you for a ride. They think they can make up all sorts of excuses in order to evade payment, in order to, you know, be involved in an accident because they are not careful. So those are the challenges. And how are you able to navigate, you know, being a young woman? Do you perhaps have a community or a support system that holds you up and keeps you going? What, how do you navigate that? Um, I thank God that I have a very supportive family mm. who, when they had my idea of having a motorcycle, they took me seriously and they supported me. Mm. They also love my son so much. So as a young mom, it's difficult to leave the house like, for example, if you want to do maybe an, run an errand, it's very difficult to leave the house as a young man. So when my family is there, they are very supportive. They stay with the child so that I can be able to manage my business. Mm. So my family is my biggest support, as well as the father of my son. Mm. He's also very supportive on any idea that I have that makes sense. He's always there for me. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> You know, there are times where I have some crazy ideas and he tells me to my face. Uh, He's brutally honest, actually. Which is what you need. Yeah, Yeah. we do need honesty. Yeah, so um, I'm looking at it like a young person setting up a business in Kenya. And we can't can't fail to look at it like from 
the perspective of governance of like like where it fits in Kenya. Mm -hmm. So would you maybe tell us how easy is it? What's the ease of setting up a business in Kenya yes. as a young person? Are there hurdles like just Especially on the legislative side, the yeah. law, signing up the business, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like uh, starting a business as a young person in this country is not easy. First of all, because our government has not put enough resources into empowering youths mm -hmm. in our counties, in our villages, in our homes. So when you want to start a business, it's very difficult to find support in terms of capital, mm -hmm. in terms of knowledge about business, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. in terms of vocational training. So I would like, like the government to be more helpful, to set up organizations, to fund the youth. I think I hear a lot of youth funds and, you know, programs that are geared towards developing the youth. So is it that these are not effective and the funds get misappropriated? Or would you say that's the issue? Uh, I would say that's exactly the issue because when you look up on legislation, there are very good laws that have been put in yeah. place yeah. to favor us. But <laughs> when it comes to allocation, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the ground, mm -hmm. you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. Like formerly, there was a, a house help of mine who I had. Her family had been displaced during the 2007 elections, mm -hmm. and the government had put enough funds to, to enable people to rebuild their homes, yeah, to start yeah. businesses. But when it came to the part where the, the, the chiefs and the DOs are being given money, mm -hmm. they received absolutely nothing. There's no trickle down. It doesn't They're, get to, yeah. the, to, yeah. the, to the people who actually need it. Yeah. So the laws may be good, but when it comes to the implementation, there is no proper way to do it. Because even with the Kazi Kwa Vijana, I saw guys on the news complaining that they've not been paid yeah. and all that. Yeah, that yeah. comes and with the government. I remember like, um, some, in Mukuru, mm. um, there, was this, there was this young person who was explaining to us that from the grassroots, mm -hmm. they already have a list of, uh, of youth who are to take part, who are, of course, selected from the grassroots, from the yeah, from the slum itself, and then you find that the chief has his own list, oh, yeah. and then you find exactly. that whoever is administering from the top now has also it. has their own list. Ah. So eventually, when it comes down, um, it's not the actual people at the grassroots mm. who are working on this. Now, for instance, Toriamukuru, they had to even riot at some point mm. because someone brought in people. It's like they don't even live yeah, in Mukuru. Yeah, they don't even live in Mukuru, but yeah. they are there asking for directions for where they're supposed to oh, be. Jesus. So it had to take the action of these young people to decide, hey, apana, amtakuja kwetu, kutoshia, job, So they decided to manage it themselves. But then Bado Heijakua Rahisi, which also points us again to the failed systems in Kenya, kwa sababu, same thing to the youth fund. Mm. They they try and allocate it to I think to a minimum of ten, is it? It used to be yes, ten. Yes. So unapwa fifty K and it has to be ten people to use it to start a business <laughs> which to you are honest, that can't work. Yeah, right? it can't. How, how much is a motorcycle by the way? Uh it ranges from a PSV motorcycle ranges from ninety two thousand to hundred and sixteen. 
So obviously, upper 50k wouldn't uh, even be enough for one person. It wasn't. It wasn't to be quite difficult unless you got it on second hand mm-hmm. and you don't even know what problems it <laughs> made it yes. uh, become sold. Yeah. Yeah. And with the avocado, like get the transportation logistics from Kisi, like approximately how much does that cost? It costs uh, purchase of the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs like 600 to 700 mm-hmm. per bag, mm-hmm. per sack. Mm-hmm. And it's a sack where it's a big sack, then a half is put on top of it. Okay. And then the transport ranges from 400 to 430. Okay. So when, when it's time to sell the sack, you sell it at around 2000 2100 mm. so it's enough profit the, do like do a lot of them get damaged in yes. and you have to throw them away yeah cuz the sacks are really heavy you'd be very surprised that if you try to carry a sack of avocados it's just as heavy as rocks oh, yeah it's really difficult i wouldn't even be able to personally mm-hmm. even half a sack so you also have to pay out the labor yeah you have mm-hmm. to pay out the labor and also when they are carrying it because they feel how heavy it is they tend to throw it on the floor uh, the moment that oh, they yeah. get there they toss yeah. it on the floor mm-hmm. so it damages a lot of them so you have to go through the sack check which are spoiled you wipe the ones which are damaged smudged, a bit yeah. smudged a bit so that you have good products mm-hmm. yeah Maybe something else to just uh, let in, let in our viewers on. Um, licensing mm. the business. Mm. How strenuous or easy is it to get all the licenses required? And then, yeah, okay, for motorcycle business, it only requires um, insurance, mm. which is like... 4500 4, for half a year and 9000 for a full year. Mm. But then again, when it comes the time when your motorcycle has been involved in an accident, they are very lenient to, to give you enough funds to replace or repair your motorcycle. Mm. So most people are discouraged from spending 9000 in order to get insurance for something that you won't get compensation for. Mm. So it becomes a challenge. When it comes to avocado for now it's a small business mm-hmm. so we don't have a license we don't have where we keep we sell them from we don't have a, a store where we sell it from mm-hmm. yeah but we have where we store them mm-hmm. at our personal compound ah, okay. yeah. and if i could just circle back to the issue of you know misappropriation and like the situation in mkulu how how can really youth be involved in Mm, helping to elevate the situation because day in day out we blame the government we call upon the government they don't do anything so i feel like nowadays more and more people are comfortable rioting and speaking up against it but could there be maybe other more efficient ways to call attention call attention to these issues and actually get help okay um i feel like awareness is the key to understanding what your rights are mm. and when they are not uh, carried when they're not taken seriously by the government, you understand that and you have an ability to react. Mm-hmm. So the first step would be creating awareness on what the rights of the youth are, what your human rights are, so that when the government plays around with it, you take the necessary measures. Because more often than not, it's like, inakuanga too evil. Yeah, we're used to even being told that by our parents. Ah, it's usually like that. Yeah. It's now that you're a grown-up, you're realizing yeah. how how things are. Yes. So I feel like uh, 
picketing, protests, which are peaceful, mm. where property is not damaged, of course, would be a good way to have it done. And also for youths, we would uh, aggravate for, for example, in parliament, in the Senate, for representation, whereby somebody who's from, let's say, Mukuru Panjenga or somewhere else who understands the real struggles of a young person in Kenya yeah. represents us yes. and gets our word across to the whole world, to the country. If we are to get like your honest opinion, do you think um, if we were to vote Gloria in, because we saw it with a few other young people, we saw mm-hmm. it with Mohaji Chopebu, mm-hmm. he used to speak out uh, very confidently yeah. about the ills in government, yeah. but when he got into power, a lot of people also feel like um, he was not, he's not been as vocal as he used to. Yes. So, let your honest opinion here, do you think um, it's the faces in parliament that are the problem or the systems, it's ingrained in the system? So does changing, the, does adding more youth, voting in Joymala, Gloria and Faith in there, we need to change the entire situation of Kenya or are we just still relying on the same systems that are failing us? I feel like um, it goes back to us. In as much as we may blame blame the government, Mm -hmm. there are many philosophers who state that a leader is uh, is the image of the people. A leader is the representation of who the people are. So when we find that there are corrupt leaders in government, Mm -hmm. it shows us that there are corrupt people outside the country, within the country. So... I feel like, for example, if we had more integrity within ourselves, it always starts with one person, with yourself. If we had more, more integrity as human beings, it would be better in the case where we go to parliament as people with integrity. Mm-hmm. So it all goes back to our own integrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I also want a simpler constitution. I don't think it's fair that only lawyers get to understand the constitution. So I think when you mentioned awareness, the reason why most of us don't even know our rights is because you pick up that document and the first sentence is confusing you. It's, you know, you read the second one and you're like, we're not making any headway here, like to hell with this document. <laughs> so I feel like there should be, there should be... The constitution should be the contract of the people, not yeah. of the lawmakers. Of the lawyers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a contract we we all we all agree to by being Kenyans. Yes. So which is why I keep asking about like whether the systems are rotten or it or is it just the people? Yeah. Because here we are, like what you daddy has stated in paper, the legislation or like the rules and laws that we have in this country should work and should work for us. So when it comes down to implementation, not that we've already uh, imparted these people the power to take care of things. So why aren't they doing it? Because at that point, do you blame me for lack of integrity as a Kenyan because my MP is not working? Yet, um, looking at chapter six of the constitution, it clearly states out um, their responsibilities to Kenyans and to the office that they that they occupy. So are there are there gaps in the system that we need to fix? Yes. Definitely. Yes, definitely there are gaps in the system. 
But before we judge the system and decide that that system is the problem, we need to try it all out. We need to try the legislation. We need to see what works and what doesn't. Oh, yeah. And the problem is we haven't really tried it out. Mm. Even in as much as the constitution is very complicated, most people haven't even tried to open the book mm. and just look at a simple page. Yes. And they are the first ones to, to cry for amendments, to cry for referendum, to cry for change. Yeah. Yet they don't even know what it entails. Yeah. So True. we blame ourselves. And don't even yeah, they don't. If you go outside, yeah, there are usually <laughs> these pranks where they ask for weird uh, definitions of things. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't even usually know, but they, they're so quick to claim that they know something. Uh, so if you go down here and investigate where people, if people know what the constitution entails, you'll find that they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, so about educating the masses maybe on the constitution, yeah. how do you go about it? What, <laughs> what suggestions can you just throw out there? <coughs> Um, I feel like uh, youth, mm-hmm. youth, since they are the ones who are mostly jobless, yeah. should be educated by lawmakers on the constitution, on legislation, and then they are taken out to the ground, to where the common monenchi are, to villages, to cities, everywhere, to create awareness, where there's, a, for example, a weekly meeting where people of a certain village, people of a certain location are called upon to be educated on their rights. Mm-hmm. I feel like that can work because youth usually do a good job, for example, when it comes to telling of votes. So I feel like they are very capable if they know what they are telling people to create a large amount of awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I get, I get why, you, why you say that because like it's widespread that people do not do not at all understand even these laws yeah. and their mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we should have a more creative approach. I like what Power to Five Four does, <laughs> where you know every time you call youth, at least there's lunch for them, you know, because you can't be going out, you know, you drone yeah, on the whole true, day about yeah. the constitution, and people go back home and they're hungry. No one will attend your meeting yeah. next week. Yeah, so, eh, na easy youth funds, zinafas, put you into such programs like creative ways of just getting them in out there, involving them in like citizen journalism and having them do their, like, having them, putting it in their hands and having them feel like they're actually a part of the whole um, education, <laughs> the whole program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which now maybe we might ask, uh, what's your experience maybe with social justice, mm-hmm. um, governance? Yeah, how, how have you interacted with it? Are you an active citizen yourself? Um, I'm an active citizen. In terms of, for example, voting, Mm -hmm. I usually make sure I cast my ballot Mm -hmm. to support the candidate who I I deem fit or ideal. And on social justice, I feel like my calling is on less fortunate people, for example, single moms, of course, and the disabled, orphans. So I try every month to participate in charity work where I put up funds on my own or with the help of loved ones. We take uh, for them, let's say, food. We donate some money, you know, to make, even if it is a small difference, a difference in our society. 
Are you doing this with an organization or is it just yourself, your own initiative? It's not my own initiative. I usually support organizations, for example, the Wings of Hope organization, mm -hmm. which provides sanitary pads, mm -hmm. which provides diapers, foodstuffs to, let's say, teen moms or young moms or people who are unable to take care of themselves and orphans. To our viewers, it'd be, it'd be sure to link that in the description mm. so that if you if this is something that you want to do, you can link up with Faith mm. and know just how to participate. Yeah. yeah. And I think I may be scared because of my government and the kind of trust issues, yeah. but I've had stories of, you know, even children running away from these homes and opting to live on the streets because of the kind of management that goes on sometimes you donate things and these people take those bills of chapati to their houses yes. so my question would be like how do you how can you single out a genuine cause yeah and uh, how do you ensure accountability yes uh, okay um i personally i prefer let's say for example on the point of accountability mm. i prefer instead of money you go purchase those goods themselves Yes, they might take the chapatis and the ungas, but if you purchase mattresses, will oh. they take those mattresses to the houses? Mm. No. If you see, for example, the toilets in the children's homes are damaged or they're, they're not working properly, if you fix that toilet, it will, it will be sure to help those children. True. So when you're doing things yourself mm. or personally, there's more accountability. Mm. And also on the trust, trustworthy management, mm -hmm. When you talk to somebody, yes, people might act, but after some time, after a few months, after a few years of knowing these people, you can always identify who's a fraud and who's not if you are actively involved. So should we like also have a relationship with the children? Maybe just go there and say, no, today I want to be with the children in their dorms yeah. and have them, you know, maybe give you honest feedback. Yes, it's true. Honest feedback is also necessary because yeah. when children feel safe around you, yeah. they usually tell you the truth. True. They usually True. tell you what they eat. Yeah. They usually tell you what goes on. Yeah. So making sure to go play with the kids mm. is also a very good way to ensure that they're not being mistreated. Mm. Okay. Interesting, interesting insight. Mm. So here you are, Faith. You are a four-year student at Catholic University. Where? Yeah. <laughs> Where? <laughs> You're a fourth-year student at Catholic University, yet you have all these other things on the side. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'd like to know how do you balance school and 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 business and charity and work, charity work and, yeah. all, and being a mother yeah. and all that. And how impactful is your education to what you want to do out here in the world? Okay, um, I manage to do what I do, for example, my business, motherhood, through the support of loved ones, of course. Yeah. There are, there's my mom, there are my sisters who are always supportive of me mm -hmm. when I need babysitting or when I need, you know, some extra funds. Because in as much as you run a business, yeah. there's a time that unakwango umeshiwa. True. You've spent money on service, you've spent money on insurance, transport, you yeah. have nothing. Mm -hmm. So they're not quick to judge me. Oh, this business is failing. Mm -hmm. They usually still support me despite that. That's lovely. Yeah, it's, yeah. And also my spouse, he's also very supportive. We do the business together. So we are like two, two hands together. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier. Because mm -hmm. yeah. if I was alone, I feel like it would have been 
very challenging, especially with the child yeah. and also school work. Mm. So the support from loved ones is always the way. Mm. Yeah. So my other question was like, how do you, how what do you derive from your schooling, and like how do you feel it's impactful to your endeavors yeah. in life? Do you sometimes find yourself wishing maybe I should have done business management or you know something that's more in line with sort of what you want to do or do you just feel you're in yeah, the right place? Being a student of political science. Yeah. Personally, as a student of political science, I love it. Political science is my being. It's my soul. Oh, it's who I am. Nice. Yes, I may not envision myself in politics. in active politics, mm. but. There's a lot that political science entails. It entails social psychology. It entails international relations, law. So it creates a lot of knowledge in your mind. It expands your mind to understand so many phenomena in the world, Mm. especially politics of the world. And governance and even management. Mm. So political science is not as narrow as people may think. It's very wide. Mm. And I do not regret it for a second doing political science. I enjoy what I do. Um, a, a while was it last year, Joy, when the exhibition was in Queer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you told me you 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 saw it. Yes, I so did. So just tell us a little bit about how your experience was with the exhibition. What feelings did it invoke in you? Etc. Um, during the the exhibition, there were so many articles on the wall especially about the Mau Mau resistance. Mm. They are the ones which really stood affected out. me. They, they really stood out and they affected me because I did not... I know, yes, our veterans, mm. our Mau Mau warriors fought for us, but I did not understand in detail the, how, extent. Yeah, the extent of how much Europeans tortured, European colonialists tortured our people. Mm. So it really affected me and so many students and anybody who passed through there and just read one paragraph of it. Mm-hmm. So it made me understand that our country has been fought so hard for. Mm-hmm. So we need to really fight as hard or even harder to keep it and to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, my vision for this country is, for example, as a citizen or every citizen in this country, being understanding what it took for Kenya to be built to this point mm. and understanding what they need to do to take care of it. Mm. There's a lot of people who just live for the sake of it. Mm. And if we had purposeful living, there'd be a lot of change in our country. You, I like that you talk about the, like the, how, how gruesome it used to be. It, yeah. it was at the time yeah. and like what it took to get here. Yeah. Do you feel like we even live in that we even appreciate appreciate what was done uh, by our founding fathers and by this I mean like the Mau Mau who yeah. really fought for our land. And it's because, not only Mau Mau that fought by the yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. to be clear. Yeah. There were resistant systems throughout the country. Yeah, yeah. across the board. Yes. Yeah, because at the you we spoke about the constitution earlier mm-hmm. and you you were quick you mentioned that um, We've not even given it a chance. Yeah. Yet we are talking about uh, Reform. reforms yeah. and referendums about it. Yeah. So is it that we do not appreciate the far that we've come? And how do we bridge that gap? Um, I feel like 
for somebody to appreciate something, mm -hmm. they need to know it and they need to understand it. Yeah. Uh, the problem in Kenya is a lot of ignorance mm. where there's illiteracy as well as literacy but with ignorance. Yeah, so people don't understand what it took to put Kenya where it is, what legal uh, legal experts such as Yashpalgai, mm. such as uh, the Mau Mau, and everybody who took part in making Kenya a great country, what they had to do, what they had to endure, Mathakarua, mm. Wangari Madhai, all these great people. Mm. So I feel like educating people, for example, on history, Kenyan history, and uh, yeah, Kenyan history. The unsanitized yeah, version. The, the unsanitized version, yeah. Mm would be really meaningful adding it to our curriculum from the word go from from class one mm. where a child understands what is violence what is independence what is all this mm. would be making an, a meaningful impact mm. so i feel like if we were more educated we'd be more appreciative of yeah. this yeah it takes me back to our previous episode when we had angel on the show mm -hmm. and she'd reflect and say that maybe this is this is the design mm. Um, we we experience so many so many uh, scandals in Kenya. It's like on a rolling basis. Every two days, there's another scandal. There's yeah. another scandal. So um, until there's this notion that Sisi Kama Kenya, we like to accept, move on. Mm -hmm. We like to forget. Collective yeah. amnesia. But yeah. I kind of think it's it's um, that is the intention because if every other day Nikona Nikona gossiping in a new motto, who like sometimes it's even this is my opinion mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes the issues that we discuss as a nation should not even be like should not even be issues to be discussed like that like yeah. when we when you talk about someone slept a minister slept with another minister things like that but they are always being rolled out to the media on a rolling basis do you think um, do you think that 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 works to ensure that we stay as dumb as possible so that we do not question, so that we do not even notice what is happening. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like the media is a bit controlled by the really elites, controlled. by people whose interest is to keep Kenyans ignorant. Mm -hmm. So they look for the hot topics, the spicy topics to always keep people busy, always keep people thinking about something different apart from what they should be thinking about. To distract. Yeah, to distract them and to make the neglect of their rights and privileges acceptable. Mm. So I feel like if the media were to take things seriously, first of all, by always enlightening us on what is not there, on what is not happening regularly, regularly, like every single week, if there's something which has been done wrong, they, I, they enlighten us and they keep enlightening, enlightening us, it would be better. Mm. Yeah. I think that also opens up room for young people yeah. to create independent media. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Because will the deep state allow the media? <laughs> yeah, they will not. <laughs> so thank God for such spaces. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. So if you might tell us who are your heroes, how do you define a hero? Yeah. And who are the heroes that you look up to? Okay. In my definition, a hero is somebody who leaves an impact in our society, a positive impact in our society, mm -hmm. and a person who represents 
certain virtues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for example, integrity, honesty, character, mm-hmm. and all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who are your heroes? My heroes are Michelle Obama, of course. Ooh. Because despite being a first lady, she has had a positive impact on the American people. It was not just about to support her husband. Yeah, she really stepped yeah. out of that shadow. Yeah, she stepped out of that uh, that shadow and decided to take things on, take things upon herself to make a meaningful impact. Mm. And that's what I would like to do. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michelle Obama and locally um, Dr. Wangari Madai, mm-hmm. of course, because mm-hmm. she gave so much yeah. for us to keep vegetation to make an impact to young people, to all people actually, on how it is necessary to conserve our environment, conserve nature. And closer to home, my hero is also my sister. She's a a very kind and dedicated person. She's actually the most hardworking person I know. And when it comes to empowering the people that she loves, she does it freely and with a good heart. Mm. She's not like, you know, this is my money, this is my limelight, yeah. let me shine alone. Yeah. She always makes sure to put people up and make sure we shine as well as her. So she is my, my greatest hero, actually. Nice. I'd love to be just like her. Oh, Thank you so much, Faye. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know if I, if I may add or maybe just ask. Um, when you talk about Wangari Madai mm-hmm. and all that she stood for, mm-hmm. how do you feel that we are representing her legacy now? She stands there as one of the heroes, yeah, yeah. and we we have all these stories about her. So, how do you feel knowing that she's your hero and she left a certain legacy? But, or how do we relate to it? <laughs> uh, sadly, we don't relate to it as much as we should. Mm-hmm. She expected to leave a very meaningful impact in society about nature, mm-hmm. but. Yes, we may plant a few trees here and there, but are we really doing it with all of our hearts? Are we really doing it religiously? No, we aren't. So I feel like we should take to this more religiously. We should take to nature more religiously. We should take care of our environment as if it was one of us. That would make us really exist alongside this planet. She said that if you destroy nature, nature will destroy you. And we are slowly, but actually we're quickly, but surely destroying nature. So if we were to... And it's also destroying yeah. us because this yeah. weather, right? Yeah, now, this weather, this is climate change. It doesn't make any sense. It does This not. weather exists right now. Mm. But um, apart from... Um, but if we were to take to her words yeah. seriously mm-hmm. and do it religiously, it would be better. It would be good. Yeah, because it only makes sense. We are all housed by the earth. Yeah. We all found it here. Yeah. And the only way to live out in maximum is if we actually take care of our home. Like, we should think of it as having a house that you need to take care of. Yeah, or because you really have to have a spouse. We don't have any other. Yeah. We can't live on Mars (laughs) when we destroy this place yet. Yet. Yeah. And God knows how long that will take. True. But I I, how I'm, many people will be allowed to it? Yeah. Only the elite, <laughs> the wealthy. It won't be common people. But I, at least she left, you know, the green belt movement. Yeah. So at least there's still a way you can get, you know, really into 
the things she was doing. Yeah, yeah. and then there's all these organizations. Like I know in Karura Forest, there's Friends of Karura Forest, mm. Kuna, another one for Aboretum, and several other forests. So you can actually just get to participate. Yeah. But my wish is, as like, like yours, that everyone actually just takes it as a call yeah. to, to action. Yeah. Um, so that when we see when we see trees being cut haphazardly, we're able to question that and maybe insist that it doesn't just happen. Because mm. even the, the issue with um, Nairobi Museum brought mm. a lot of what we do at the Amkakuteta, mm. but well, with a lot of our issues, Zuishia at your level. Yeah. Yeah. So I really hope that even beyond this, we can be able to link up with any other viewers who feel interested to take part in environmental conservation, Kuchunga um, Wenzetu, as we said, like uh, reaching out to the less fortunate, mm. and also just insights in business. What you are Maswali, just be sure to send them to us, and then we link you up with pay, and also just help you with source materials so that um, we can achieve a better Kenya together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Bye. It's been <laughs>